0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Nathan Baird. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to Behold the Humble, Humble Little Podcast. This is Sean and Dan, and today we have the one, the only, the father of eight, <laughs> Mr. Ocho himself, Nathan Baird. Say hey, Nate. Hey,
1: everybody. Good to be here.
2: Also, he's our resident uh, Trinitarian expert.
1: Uh, I don't know an expert, but I'm definitely sold on the idea.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really fun. We're changing, our, we're changing our name to Valley Trinitarian Church. <laughs> Are we doing it?
1: I'm all for that. Okay,
2: hopefully,
0: right. hopefully we're all to some degree, like minor experts of, of tri- the Trinity, but hopefully, mm. but no one hey, like me. If
2: you're at home and you're beholding right now with us, just raise your hand if you have gone through delighting in the Trinity with Nate. Look, so many of oh, you. Uh, I see that hand. I see that
1: hand. <laughs> I <laughs> I that's awesome that. Awesome
2: to have you, Nate. I'm, how are you doing today, dude? How's, 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 oh, how things man. going in the Baird
1: clan? It's going well. We're into school. We've got a college student going great. Um... Our Love and Liberty group is meeting tonight, week three. We're excited about that. Some of you are at week two this week.
2: Shout out, shout That's out fantastic. to Nate's group. Looking, shout out
1: to my group too. Looking forward to that. It's been great.
2: Yeah. How many how many people you have in your group?
1: Um, we have eight last week. Ooh, I got you beat. There's 11, including well, me. You know, only, it's not a so. race, but okay. No, it is. You're, so
0: you're winning. You're winning. You're,
2: you're winning. <laughs> and actually, I'm trying to recruit Sean and Patty and Wendy to come. What? But they keep turning me down. It's like
0: an <laughs> overachiever right there, Dan. Yeah, they keep turning me down. There's, there's, it's probably babies, man. Babies are hard. You Just you, bring the baby. It's, it's one groups. hour, dude.
2: It's a one-hour
1: thing. It's great. It's so it's concise. It's, it's a, a great time to meet. And then we I get to hear from everybody. And it's wonderful. Yes, I love
0: I would love your one hour group if it were two hours earlier in the day I would be there in a (laughs) Uh, heartbeat But hey, it's good to be with y'all today To talk about uh, what was just referenced as armpits, right? (laughs) We all got (laughs) them and yours stinks And we're talking about opinions today Specifically opinions and just conscience, right? And and convictions and how we wrestle and just kind of navigate all those things in the midst of a world that is just bombarding us with what you should think and what you should feel about fill in the blank, everything. Right. Yep. And so Nate, you, you, and then Charlie, um, have been just digging us in with, with our series going through first Corinthians and we're in eight and nine and 10. I think we're now we're in nine. Um, talking about the freedoms that we have as Christians, how we exercise those freedoms, and then ultimately how they really have to be grounded in love. And I think that's a really fitting place as we're thinking about opinions and arguments about opinions and all those different things is so often that's what we're missing, right? We're missing love in those contexts. And you see all the damage and all the fallout and all the drama that comes from those situations. And people get hung up on opinions rather than convictions, and they're missing love. So as we just maybe launch this discussion, maybe we can have just a little, little little, table tosser about what conscience really is and how we get there. So
1: at the end of, uh, toward the end of chapter eight, Paul's going to talk about conscience. He's discussed the idea of a weak brother, someone with a weak conscience. And so it's really important when we're thinking about weak conscience, we don't think this is a morally bad thing. Um, I like the idea of a a watch, you know, when daylight savings flips over, if you've got got an old manual watch like I have, I have to reset the hands. And if I don't do that, I'm walking around all day with wrong information that's guiding how I live. And so in the same way, someone who has a weak conscience who hasn't received the freedom they have in Christ um, over certain things is going to err on the side of caution and not experience the freedom, but just like a, a, a watch that's miscalibrated, you don't, Fix it by smashing it with a hammer, and so part of this whole thing that Paul's concerned about is he doesn't want um, stronger people who have have a certain knowledge about certain freedoms they have to smash or cause the other person to break their watch. Um, they want the, the idea is that they're going to grow and mature, they're going to become fit eventually, and so don't break don't break that person's conscience by forcing them or or tricking them or guilting them into doing something. So conscience is just an, a referee. It, it's like in baseball, the referee calls it like it's like he sees it, right? He doesn't. Ha- he's not perfect. He's only going by by his perception of the world. And so, just in the same way, our consciences are not divine, but they can be informed by either our own rule book or by truth. So, if you believe, for example, that Christmas trees are a pagan symbol you will not feel good about going to someone who has a house with a christmas tree in their house even if they're totally fine with that they don't they, no it's not, it's not i'm not worshipping a pagan god i'm i'm enjoying this or you know whatever or if you have if you have the if in your sense that halloween is a completely you know pumpkin carving is some sort of demonic activity you're not going to be at ease and right. you're not going to feel free to carve a pumpkin
2: right and then in your analogy with the watch You know, if I came through and just said, Hey, no, man, we got, we have freedom in Christ. Like you can do these things here. I brought you a pumpkin. Let's carve it together. (laughs) You know, that, that's, that is me, you know, coming through with my knowledge and I'm weaponizing it, you know, to, to bind up your conscience so that you can't act according to your convictions. And so I think love has to be the guiding principle in, in all these things. And, And I really like what you said just about, um, a conscience being a referee, right? Because, um, it's not this divine perfect thing. And there's, there's, all, there's all these influences that can uh, affect the quality of our conscience, how well it works. Right. And, um, I think that might be a a, a good conversation to get into as well. Um, but Sean, what, what are your thoughts? You know, before we, before we kind of talk about maybe the difference in the quality of um, you know, the cons- our consciences and how they how they can be affected by influences in the world. What, what do you think about this whole issue of
0: conscience? Yeah, I mean, it's so complicated. You know, it, it's, I think we're going to talk about it right now and we're looking directly at scripture, so it's going to feel more black and white. But when people aren't as tied to scripture, which is maybe the point, but when they're not as tied to scripture and thinking about these things really frequently, man, it just feels so not that black and white. You know, as you're in the world and just being bombarded with, with messages of this is good and this is bad and you need to think this and not that and anyone who is against you in this is a, is terrible and a misogynist evil. or whatever it is, yeah. evil, yeah. it, just, it gets so complicated to know how to process all of that, you know, which hmm. thank Jesus for, for the Bible and for the word for that reason. But I understand why so many times people don't realize they're being unloving, you know, because especially when we're talking about motivations behind opinions, mm-hmm. so many times someone thinks that they are doing the loving thing in trying to force this opinion upon somebody because mm-hmm. from their mind, oh, I'm trying to save them from I'm X, Y, and Z, them. or I'm enlightening them yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever, or I want them to participate in what I'm doing. You know, Sean, I want you to come to my Bible study on, on nights, whatever it is. Yet yeah, that yeah, it's a positive thing, right? You want me to be with you and do stuff with you same kind of thing in so many situations people just don't it's not as often you know i'm smashing you over the head you watched it's not working it's hey i'd love for you to experience what i'm experiencing the way that i enjoy doing it you know i think that's where it gets more i think unnatural for us to to have the instinct of let me stop and process is this person being loved by me right now you know because you're just thinking oh i'm loving them i'm loving them i'm trying to love them we just don't often think that way. And so that's why I think it's really important to to us outside of these situations, not in the middle of whatever it is, this conversation or this Facebook argument, whatever it is, is to just regularly do this work of praying and processing and reflecting to see why, what are my motivations here? What are my convictions about this matter or yeah. this matter? What does scripture say about this? Because then it's not this kind of emotionally led decision-making process, but instead You've done the hard work. You you know your convictions, and then you can speak about it and act upon it uh, with a clear conscience. So
2: yeah, well, and it's really interesting too, because I almost feel like it's two separate issues, and I kind of want to hear what you think about this, Nate. Like, if you agree, because basically each each one each person who's following Christ has to come to a, you know a place where they have used biblical wisdom and their conscience to arrive at a conviction when it comes to the area of christian freedom right mm-hmm. and just to make make it clear there are, there are certain things that that we see in our culture that aren't expressly forbidden in scripture and so the question is how do we engage with that do we participate in in these these activities or do we do we get involved with um you know that that group of people or do we support that business or whatever you know and and so Scripture doesn't doesn't really speak to it specifically, and so we have to use biblical principles, and we have to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and help our conscience like make these decisions.
0: Right? You're talking so that's about kind of aliens, the, the right? part That's what's that? You're talking about aliens, right? Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. So that's the first the first kind of side to it, right? We have to develop our own convictions in 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 a godly biblical way, but then we also have to give room for other people. To, to To live out their convictions and to express their Christian freedom, however they feel convicted to. And, and I think, um, you know, people listening may, may have a good handle on one, but maybe don't really understand the other, or, you know, do, they can get really kind of mingled together or mangled together, whatever word you want to use. Do, do you see it that way, Nate, or, or what What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that? I mean, I, Romans 14, uh, 14 is so great. Uh, he says, I know... And am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. So there you go. That's his conviction, right? Mm-hmm. I'm convinced. I'm persuaded in the Lord that nothing is it is. He's talking about food and, and yep. okay. But then he says, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Mm, so he so he yeah. he establishes his knowledge mm-hmm. in the Lord and his conviction that all food is fine. Mm-hmm. You can have shellfish. You can you know whatever hooved clothing yeah. hooves or whatever. Yeah. And in, in Romans is a little different than in Corinthians because in Romans it's really uh, Jewish Christians and their their pure food laws versus the Greek eating. In in the in our passage in the Corinthians eight it's talking about idolatry and food sacrificed to idols. So it's still different, but he's 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 explaining the same idea. that, hey the meat is nothing. There's there's nothing wrong with eating. Just eat, like the idols are nothing. Just like the idols are nothing. This, this meat. Is, animal well, that you know it's totally fine yeah, exactly yeah. Um, and then he says but. If you violate your conscience,
2: it becomes unclean. it becomes unclean. Yes.
1: So that that he's he's pushing it further down because anything he'll say, any, anything not done from faith is sin. So if you're not eating out of the freedom and that you receive in Christ, trusting in in, in the knowledge of of his payment and satisfaction of, of sin before God. Uh, then, then you are sinning because you're not doing it out of mm. faith. You're you're doing it in violation of this good thing that God's given you—the conscience, even though it's not it's not fully formed and, and and free to to act in certain ways that Paul thinks he can act. Right. But you're violent. You're smashing that watch, and that's not what God wants us to do. So so he 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 says convictions are great, but other people have other convictions, and we need to create like what you said, create space to live together, and um. You know, just one thing that came, comes to my mind, you know, in First John chapter 1, John writes that um, Jesus is the one who showed us the Father. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth, mm. right? And we, we often talk about the balance between grace and truth. But a lot of times when we say truth, what we mean is propositional statements of fact, mm. right? And so someone who says, I know that idols are nothing, that's a propositional statement of fact. Therefore, I have freedom but the way that that god presented truth was in a person a relationship with a real person who walked and showed us how he lived his life and so like in philippians 2 when paul's trying to urge the philippians to to think of others uh you know to consider others needs as much as their own needs then he shifts and and mentions what jesus did that he had he was divine and he emptied himself instead of holding on to that he emptied himself and became a servant for us and so truth turns out to be a person yeah not just as nah. some statements of fact that you can use <laughs> to enact your convictions on others or to you know kind of foist your your worldview on others and, and so and what does this person do he he lays down his rights yeah it's not that he didn't have convictions he certainly unsettled people yeah. but his whole his whole um attitude and his whole posture was of a servant who, who gives him his, his freedoms, his liberties, his rights, that he really was, he is God. So he, it's not like he was pretending to be God and laid it down. He really is God. Yeah. And he emptied himself so that he could serve and taste death for everybody.
2: Well, and that's so good because, because in that Romans 14, Paul brings it to that as well. Right after he talks about food, he talks about hey, there's some people that think that you should worship on this day, and this this is the sacred day, and others think it's no, no, it's that day instead, right? And again, he re- reiterates himself. He says, hey, each one should have their own stance, like, and you should actually be fully convinced of your of your your where you land on this based on what you've done with your conscience and what you understand about you know the biblical principles that um, the teachings of Christ and the apostles' teachings and things like that. But he ends with this in verse 7 of 14. He says, For we don't live for ourselves or die to ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether you live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn one another? Mm-hmm. Why do you look down on one another? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Mm-hmm. For the scriptures say, "As surely as I live," says the Lord, "every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God." And so, again, it comes back to to our our responsibility and our connection and our relationship to this person. And you know, I think we just we love to be right, and we love to. I, I I've I I found this out when I was going through premarital counseling when when Emily and I were engaged. You, we all kind of live with this assumption, and most of the time it's, it's just kind of underneath the surface. It's a subconscious assumption, but we live with this assumption that our particular way of viewing the world or our particular way of handling con- conflict or our you know, emotional attachment style or whatever whatever kind of Enneagram number you are, like we feel like that's the right way. we just live in this default position. Like I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm doing it right. Like, why doesn't everyone see the world the way I see the world, you know? And and I think a passage like that just reminds us, no, 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 dude, it's not about you. Okay. It's not about uh, you just making your own choices and just being like a, you know, a bull, a bulldozer, just running through life and, you know, get out of my way. If you don't believe, you know, if you don't think the way I think, no, dude, it's about, it's about love and connection to God. And then, you know, spilling that over to the people that we we uh, we live with yeah
1: wow- to- toil- toilet paper over the top or toilet paper under
0: <laughs> exactly. I'll fight you exactly. I will fight you
1: <laughs> yeah well, and you know I was thinking um because we we talking about opinions and convictions what's the like what's the difference of those right. two things right. and um you know, but like you said we 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 like to take our opinions, make them convictions, and then make assume that everybody else should experience that same thing exactly, exactly. in that in that same passage in Romans fourteen. So rich. Um, in, in later on in verse sixteen, he says something else. He's just said, "Hey, don't eat the meat if you're gonna if you're gonna grieve your brother." But then he says, "Do not let what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil." Hmm. So it's, it's really it's a lot more um, thoughtful. I think it's not just well. I'm gonna pretend that I don't have these convictions in order <laughs> right. to my, let my brother. No, you hold those convictions. Yeah. You be conf- like you said, like you said in verse uh, uh, five or, or six. No, five. Be, be fully convinced. Yeah, be fully convinced in your right. own mind. But but then he says your actions, what you do with that. That's what he's concerned with. Mm-hmm. Don't like. Don't flaunt condemn it. somebody. Yeah. Else. Don't condemn. Don't flaunt. Don't steamroll it, people. In First yeah. Corinthians eight, you know, passage. Hey, don't maybe go down and lay, you know, sit at the table in the temple, you know, where the idols are kind of mocking the idols there and eating meat in the public view saying, Oh, this is pass me a steak. Look this, how
2: free I yeah, am. Look how free
1: I am. Right? Right, right. And so he's not concerned with what's going on in your heart. As far as your convictions, he's saying, have those convictions be fully convinced. That means mm-hmm. that there's a process of discovery, looking at God's word, praying, talking to other people. When you're convinced about something though, don't let other people, you know, you know, Badmouth that, but you don't need to exercise mm. a certain, you know, out, out, outworking of that in inward um, yeah. conviction if it's going to be harmful. Like if I said, you know, forks go on the right side, not on the left, right? <laughs> and you and you're like, no, op- opposite. And I argue, argue, and I'm so contemptuous and angry towards you that when you come over to my house, I've glued a cord. <laughs> Onto the left side and stuck the fork, so you can't put it on the right side. Nice. You, ha- you have to have it on the side. I want you to have it. And on, you can't right? even use it to eat. Right. You can't use way. it. To eat. <laughs> right. You know, like I, I've just turned my inner conviction in th- opinion into a into a mocking rejection. And I mean, unless it's funny, but
0: <laughs> some beholder is going and like taking the cord that they had take, put on the forks off because they feel convicted now. Uh, no, I, I love that, and it's it's interesting because you know, you had mentioned Nate that truth is is Jesus. You know, the person yeah. of Jesus. that makes me think of Hebrews nine, where it says, the author says that how much more will the blood of Christ, right? Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And I think it's interesting is what you just said, how much more will the blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works? So what? To serve the living God. Hmm. And I think that's a really helpful heart check when you feel like you're dealing with a matter of conscience or a matter of conviction or even heated opinion is, Am I contributing towards and working towards the service of God and his people right now? You know? Or am I serving myself, you know? Or do I want to be right, like Dana mentioned earlier? Mm-hmm. And I think so frequently, like we had said earlier, we take opinions and make them into convictions or make them into conscience decisions. I think so frequently people don't even spend an inkling of thought towards what is my conscience telling me about this matter? They just focus on opinion, 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 and they never get there. Or I think so often, and we've all had these moments where you, you, you do stop for a second, you pray for the Holy Spirit to help you and you consult your conscience. And then immediately you, you realize, oh man, I am way off right now. Or at least that's the mm-hmm. hope you should, everyone should be able to do that. Right. Right. But so frequently they just ne- they don 't even don 't even think to do that, and why is that? Why is it becoming easier and easier at least it feels like in the world easier and easier to to stand upon your opinions and never even consult what your conscience says about x, y or z
2: no that 's great, and I think it 's a, a good time to bring up what the Bible talks about just different states of being that our conscience that one 's conscience can be mm. be in. Right. You can have a good conscience. You can have uh, an evil conscience. You can have a seared conscience. Am I missing any, Nate?
1: You can have an a, un, uh, unclean or, or spoiled conscience. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so I think it's really good to, to, to even just do some, I don't know, like some inventory and just be like, okay, how's my conscience working? You know, is... And I think a great a great passage to to look at that is in 1st Timothy chapter 4. And you can kind of look through starting in the first verse and just go through verse 5. And there's just there's some really interesting things that the word says to us that you know um basically Paul's d- telling Timothy, "Hey, in these later times there's going to be some people that come in and they're going to they're going to be trying to steer people away from from the truth. They're going to be lying to your people." and they're not going to feel bad about it, <laughs> you know, because that th- their, their consciences are seared in verse two. And I think it's really interesting that he mentions in verse one of chapter four, that they're going to, they're departing the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, which is, which is really interesting too, to me, because um I don't know. I think a lot of times we don't, we don't, we, we live in such a secular age. We don't, often think that enough about the spiritual realm and that it's just as real as the physical realm. And it's and what's happening there is influencing our behavior and what we think and and what we do and how we live and move in the world. And, and so just to know like, man, there's this example of these false teachers. They, they're, they're being influenced by demonic activity such that their consciences don't work properly anymore.
1: Dan, is that is that the section? I don't have my uh, my Bible on me. Yeah. I notice you do. Uh, is that the section that talks about don't taste, don't touch? Those is that? I
2: think yeah, toward the but end? no, I think that I think you might be thinking of of uh, Colossians, isn't that Colossians okay. two, where 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 Paul talks about um, this? Uh, y- you know, not doing this, not doing that. It doesn't actually do anything, right? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with godliness. It's just, it's the appearance it's, of wisdom. It's but the yeah, appearance yeah. of wisdom. Yeah, I think that's Colossians. So
1: I, I just want to chime in because when we think about the doctrines of demons, a lot of, you know, this is not like the, the satanic Bible or something like that. Right. <laughs> the doctrines of demons that Paul is is thinking about are ones that promote a... A, a Jesus plus, like in Galatians, yeah, where he yeah. says, "Hey, any any gospel different than the one that adds anything to Christ is is demonic." Anathema, demonic. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's that kind of thing, or focusing on not eating, or you know, keeping these festivals. That's what saves you. So uh, oh, yeah, he so he says
2: he says these people devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Uh. And then verse five, I think this is so good for this, for this series that we're in and for this moment that we're in as a world, it says the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And so right there, you see that Paul's saying, Hey, these people are, are the example of, of a conscience that is not working properly, a conscience that they've gotten so used to lying and leading people away. They don't even feel bad about it anymore. And it's really interesting to then con- contrast that with, no, dude, like what this is all about is love. And, and there's, and then he gives you these aspects of what love looks like. It's, it's a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And so, you know, I was also thinking about, um, Proverbs 6, 27, this really interesting rhetorical question that uh, is is asked here. It says, can a man scoop fire into his lap? without his clothes being burned. I mean, it's just, it's duh, like that's going to happen. Right. So the more you scoop into your, 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 your inner man, that is, that is, you know, not based on love. That is, that is, that is evil. That is against your former manner. That is, um, that has to do with, with, with lying or deceit or, or whatever the issue may be. The more you scoop into your conscience, the, the, the less your conscience is going to work. And I just think, man, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something we need to think about because um, whether we're talking about the the side of this issue that is personal, like developing your own personal convictions, or we're talking about the side that is like, OK, well, then how do I how do I live that out in the context of community and in the world, either either side of that coin is we, we need our consciences to be working properly yeah, yeah. you know to discern what's best yeah. in those in those issues.
1: I had a, I had a little diagram um, that I I, I wrote. It's okay, some picture <laughs> top down with arrows pointing down each okay, one. Okay. Nice, nice. All right. So the first one is truth and grace. You mm-hmm. start with Jesus as the as the perfect description of God's truth and grace. Yeah. And we already mentioned that truth is not a, a bunch of data points. It's a description of what relationship with God is like, how you live with this God f- free and in and, and love and toward each other. Yeah. Right. And so that those things will then produce convictions in my, my heart, mm. specifically as I look at the cross and recognize this God laid down everything to enter into my suffering and, and to take up the debt that I owed to give perfect satisfaction. Right. Yeah. And so now that everything I do, it, all my convictions have to be flowing from that reality. So once I've got my convictions formed, then I have to that those convictions will do stuff. They'll have loving action, but it has to be loving action. It doesn't have to be I have to use all the implications of my convictions, mm. my freedoms, my rights, my my I lay know, that down. I can lay those down. Yeah. I don't I don't have to in every situ- situation, but the control is loving action because what motivated Jesus to come and lay down his rights, mm, loving right. service for yeah, us and for good. the Father. That's good. So then you can picture that. That sometimes your rights and liberties can be just discarded onto the ground like some yeah. like play, playing and cards. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this like grueling yeah. thing that uh, we're just yeah. like I'm ch- this I'm injustice. It. No, yeah. it's a, you've chosen out of you're you're saying I want to I want to live like this. God lives. I want to have more of the life of Jesus displayed. And what's the thing that is more like Jesus displaying my rights and privileges or displaying my selfless love. Mm. It's It's got to be that second one. This is how the father and the son are always are. And so the result of that loving action is more life of God in the world. And what are we talking about? when We talk about the kingdom of God, more life of God yeah. in the world. Okay. So as, so it was just helpful to think of, of that picture where, my my convictions about my freedoms, you know, you know, alcohol. Let's say, right? That's just kind of like the perennial perennial one, or dancing, or something. You know, yeah, yeah. whatever you take it. You know, I, I can be convinced in my own mind that I I am. Uh, that's good. And I can, if someone is, takes up a position against that where they're saying that's evil and you can't, you can't do the jitterbug or you can't, whatever. That's what the kids are doing these days. I hear. Oh, man,
2: that was such a good, good, uh, cultural reference right there. It's very, very, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, hip. So hip yeah. Yeah.
1: References. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be contemporary for the kids. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, Paul would say, Hey, there's, there's freedom there. You you're convinced of your own mind. Um, and so you, you can say you don't need to, you don't need to press the issue and you don't need to start jitterbugging right there in front of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Just, good. just, but you, you can hold it and, and then you can say, I understand. I don't want to do anything that would cause you to be angry. It might cause you to judge, you know, to, to get into a judgment state or an angry state unnecessarily. I'm, I'm happy to talk about that, but I'm not going to flaunt that and my freedom in front of you just to prove a point or to show you what's going on. That's
2: good.
0: Yeah, that is really good. Um, Yeah. And I was thinking about like, as both you were talking about, like you referenced Paul's words of just, man, you gotta, you gotta have faith and a good conscience, you know, which reminds me of Paul's warning to Timothy at the end of chapter one of first Timothy. And same thing. He says, this charge, I entrust to you that you may wage the good war holding faith and a good conscience. And then the warning is, and by rejecting that, some have made a shipwreck of their faith. I think it's so interesting that that Paul doesn't talk about this just in a sense of, hey, you should really use your conscience more, you know? He's like, no, there are disastrous consequences when you don't walk in life like this, when you aren't living by faith and having a good conscience, which then, bridge connection again, here reminds me of just the, just the whole topic of living by faith, you know? And how that contrasts, a lot of the, really the seeds and the motivation behind why I think sometimes we get so hung up in opinions and this and this and this is because we don't have faith. We don't have faith in whatever it is. And this this is on my mind right now because I'm teaching in the gathering tomorrow from Habakkuk. And that's a great lesson about waiting for God and listening to God, right? And actually Paul quotes him a bunch of times about, you know, living by faith. That's where we see that in Habakkuk 2. And what it comes down to is you don't trust God. You don't trust who God is. And we've all wrestled with these questions. You know, COVID is a great example of, God, why aren't you doing something about this? You know, or why aren't you doing something about this right now? Or God, why are you letting that person get away with that? Or whatever it is, we've all wrestled with these questions, Right. And so is Habakkuk. And at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting who God is. You know, if we, if we trust who he is and we know who he is, first of all, and then trust that, then it's easy to walk by faith. We have faith that he will handle all of these things. I don't need to become a warrior of my opinions to wage these wars because God's already doing it, right? Whereas instead, like, if I do have faith, I can just take, it, take a back seat and let him fight the fight, the fight for us. Is
1: like, have you ever been learning something from somebody, like how to cook a meal or do something, and you're, there's maybe like a group of people doing that, and one person says, I know how to do this, and they're just kind of running ahead and doing everything. So that's like the idea of asserting opinion, but if you're trusting the, the teacher— you're not a, you're not going into what you want. You're following them, and then there's no there's zero danger of being unloving when you're following how Jesus works. That's mm-hmm. that's what faith is. I'm trusting what you do. I'm trusting your leading, and I trust that even though I don't feel good about you know this you know whatever issue is coming up or or whatever that I I'm I'm, I'm I have a clean conscience because I'm not being guided by my own opinions. I am following how you are in the world.
2: Yeah, it's really good. Do you think we've given enough people? Do you think we've given people enough examples of these types of issues? Do you guys think we're, do you think we've covered, we've covered alcohol consumption? We've covered, uh, potentially pagan, you know, imagery we've, we've covered, uh, I don't know. What else have we covered?
0: Do you feel like we've done enough? I mean, you named the issue. There's, I mean, this is this, the list is infinite, right? Yeah. But yeah. we'll just throw out a bunch: alcohol, dancing, certain types of music, <laughs> certain TV shows, gambling. Was, uh, like, yeah, anything. I was thinking about sports gambling, Hol- holidays, sports gambling. Yeah, oh, I think. I think sport, about that.
2: sports gambling is is really becoming. There's this there's this cultural wave right now uh, where, I think you know, in, in previous generations, it was kind of pushed to the margins of society. I mean, it was, if you wanted to, you know, make a, a, a bet on a game, you'd have to go find some bookie in this like seedy part of town. And, you know, and if you, if you didn't pay, he'd come break your legs or whatever, you know? Um, but now it's like, it's like institutionalized, you know, state after state after state is is decriminalizing it. And now you can just get an app on your phone and there's literally thousands and thousands of things you can bet on, in whatever game you want to bet on prop bets against the spread, whatever. And it's just, it's interesting. You know, my personal conviction I'll share is I don't gamble because I know that I get really angry (laughs) if I lose. And, uh, and I also just, you know, I just picture like, how, what am I going to say to Emily? You know, like, Hey, sorry, like we can't buy groceries this week, you know, <laughs> because I, because the Packers, you know, won, but they didn't win by enough. I feel or like,
1: I feel like Emily would understand that. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs> Whereas, you know, some people I know that, that are faithful followers of Christ, they, they don't have any issues with it. You know, they, they can, they can totally, you know, engage in that. Uh, I, I know I've been asked, you know, to, to, to go with some Christian brothers and like play cards, you know, poker night or whatever. And it's just something I decline to do because I just know it's just not a good situation for me to be in. Um, and so, you know, I could coach I could, I could, you know, show up and, and turn over the table and tell them all to go home and you guys are heathens and blah, blah, blah. Right. Or I can just kind of like, you know, say, no, that's just, that's just not something I do. And then if they ask me, we can have a conversation and, and, and lo- I can lovingly share my conviction and and then they can, they can have an opportunity to think about it or whatever, you know? Um, so I, I think that's kind of an interesting one to talk about as well, because it's really picking up some, some steam in our culture.
1: Do you, you guys think that, um, uh, you know, I was, I was, I had a conversation a number of months ago with some, some Christian friends who, you know, we had different views on COVID stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was kind of back channeling. You ever do that when you're in a conversation? You're kind of analyzing how it's going in the back of your head. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And um, and I, I was overall just encouraged, I think, by how things are going. But there was some emotional flare ups at times, not toward not toward each other, but almost like I, I could tell there's some things going that memories that were they were pulling up that they were reacting to in our conversation. Interesting. Um, and and so, you know, just uh, various things. But what do you guys think? Like. What's, do we have a, how, how much do we need to share our conviction? Like, is there a, is there a, is there a, uh, uh need to, what, 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 what do you think? What's the. I'm so glad
0: the, you brought that up because yeah. as Dan was just talking, I was just thinking about how beneficial because he brought up before the podcast, just to throw it out there, oh, sports gambling. And I haven't really thought about that very much. You know, gambling, of course, but like, oh, sports gambling, I really, you know, that's interesting to think about. And so I pulled up an article by John Piper responding to that exact question. It's fascinating. He has seven reasons why, in his estimation, it is sinful. And he's super quick to say, hey, my words don't make it sinful. This is, just, this is my conviction based on these chunks of scripture. And I'm like totally learning things, you know? And so what I got from that was, man, what, so much benefit in as brothers and sisters in Christ saying, hey, this is my conviction right now about this. What do you think of that? You know? And again, going back to Nate say, not smashing the watch over, but I genuinely, out of love, I would love to hear what you think about this. And if you have any insights that I'm mm-hmm. missing right now.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I think going back to what Dan said earlier about I'm, I'm always right. My, my, my deep my deepest sense is that my opinion is actually fact right <laughs> right? Right, right and so sometimes and I, I've been there I, I, I hope less than than ever before and hopefully it'll continue to go down but you know when you're going into a conversation about an issue and you're you're not thinking I really want to understand your point of view it's mm-hmm. like I want to listen for things I can shoot down to get you to realize how wrong you are
2: right this is this isn't a loving uh, exchange of, of ideas and i'm not i'm not open and i th- i just think you know i'll get, get on a little soapbox here i think that's probably one of the biggest issues that we have in the public sh- sphere right now just whether you're talking about the church or not, or, or just the world like we've lost the ability to to have just you know a free exchange of ideas like most time we're we're, we're going in there with our agenda mm. and we're not really open to what anybody else has to say and really, what's behind that is pride. Mm, yeah, you know, we're not we're not going in with with a heart of humility, saying, "Hey, this is where I am right now, but I could be off, you know, or or I could I, my my conscience this this could be an opportunity for my conscience to be developed and to for my Christian freedom to grow in maturity, and and I think that is something that we could all do a better job of.
1: Uh, so pride, the puffed puffed up mm, right? um, knowledge puffs up. I was right? gonna say and that's a great yeah. yeah. The, that, uh, that again that that underlying thing it's not it's not the knowledge, it's that knowledge makes me feel good and superior about me, whereas love looks to the other and wants what's good for them so we can continue to enjoy deeper relationship with each other. It's exactly what God has done in Christ for us, and so yeah, I, I love I love that idea that you know you don't have to like be blurting your convictions all the time, but. But being able to articulate them, and I think like that example from Piper you gave. Here's my convictions. Here's the reasons why. I'm not. It's not feelings based. (laughs) I'm not just like I I kind of feel it's right. Well, because we, because of course we like to do what feels good, but not always what's right. So we can't Uh do that. We're gonna go with what's what what God' word says. And you know I've listened, or maybe hey on this opinion that's not a biblical issue like you know masks or vaccines or whatever. You can say, here's what I've seen, here's why I'm convinced. What do you and then and then say, what do you, you know, what are your convictions with the idea that I can be informed and I can listen, but I'm not gonna hold you to but like, I'm not gonna told you that once I've shared my convictions, you have to conform to them. <laughs> right. Right? I'm I'm sharing because I want I want to know you and I want you to know me. And if we don't, if we're not willing to do that, then we're actually not really in a relationship. We're hiding ourselves. Uh, from each other, we're just hammering each other. Yeah, yeah. And, But but again, the idea, like you said, I think Dan, um, the goal is is love and 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 to and to understand and to I, I want I want I want to be more like Jesus. And yeah. if I'm wrong about some things, um, then I'm I'm totally open to that. But hey, I might not get where you are just by this one conversation. So don't expect that once you've shared your views. And I've gone and watched those videos you told me about, <laughs> and I've read those articles you told me about. Oh my goodness! Right, which I'll do. But once you've told me about them, that's not necessarily mean now I have to come to your review because I might. There might be some other pieces,
2: and we have to give each other space.
1: Give us, yeah, yeah give yeah. space. Oh, and I,
2: I and I think you know we've been we've been trying to parse out like, hey, what's the difference between an opinion and a conviction? And I think, man, I wonder if a good indicator you just touched on is is. Most of the time, our opinions, we just feel, we, we just feel about it. I don't even know why we're just, eh, just feel that way. <laughs> you know, as opposed to a conviction is like, no man, that's, a, I've done a lot of prayer. I've done a lot of study. I've talked to a lot of different people. I've checked in with my conscience, you know, and this is where I landed with the Holy spirit. This is where, this is my conviction. I am fully convinced about my stance on this issue. And I think it's important for us to to make sure we, we have some kind of a distinction, right? Because if if we think of our opinions the same way we think of our, our, our biblical convictions, uh, then I think we're just going to be getting in fights left and right about stuff that doesn't even matter. Mm. Right. Um, and, and I another thing I think too is like most of this stuff we're talking about is done best one-on-one or in a small group setting. Do you guys agree? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, we see Paul share his conviction in Romans 14. We see Piper share his conviction about sports gambling. But most of us don't have the same type of influence or calling that those two guys had. Agree? Mm, yeah. <laughs> most of us, you know, are, are just called – we're called to, a you know, our sphere of influence. And <clears throat> so I think that's a good, a good thing for us to keep in mind too. Like a, a one-on-one mm-hmm. conversation is going to be better by and large – than a Facebook post, right.
1: but Twitter, but Twitter, but Twitter's okay. Twitter, <laughs> yeah, Twitter's <exactly>. okay. <laughs> but you know that, that's that's interesting. You brought that up, Dan, and it's worth, I think, just noting. Um, I I've come. My, one of my convictions is I want to be as local as possible. Yeah. The more news I watch from all over the place, the more freaked out I get about things I have zero control over. <laughs> that's good. The real, the real, the real place that God has equipped us is the people that we know. In our community, in our neighbor, you know, if we if we're worried about things happening around the world, but we're not talking to our literal neighbor, then we, we've got our we've got our um our influence ability totally backwards. I have yeah, no control good. over what's happening in say Saudi Arabia or India or something, but I do have a lot of more influence about the people that are that I know and my family and friends. And if we're not cultivating that and making that a priority, I think we're misusing our um, our, influence. our influence, and and also we're getting worried and stressed out about things that are that we are stupid to to worry about.
2: Stay in your lane. Stay, Stay in, in your lane. <laughs> that could be the title of our podcast.
0: Well, I think we might have used that one before. I don't know. Uh <laughs> You
2: know,
0: I, I yeah. think like, and as part of this whole discussion, I think it's just really important that we, as Christians and as followers of Christ, under, acknowledge and understand our just worldly tendencies, you know, of how the world operates and how we, whether we like it or not, have been influenced by that and we need to work actively against those influences and touching on points that you both brought up, man, Satan is so cunning. You know, he is so deceitful and we live in an age right now that on face value more than most eras you can look through. It's, it's this weird dichotomy of we, everyone is welcome to their own opinion, you know, Everyone can identify as whatever they want to identify as, you know, you have your own truth, but at the same time, no one is okay with someone else not having that truth with them. You know, we say we are, but we aren't. And almost more than ever, it's all about me, 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 me. And we're at this point where I think we, we, we identify or we equate someone agreeing with my opinion and that being the determiner of, of how much worth that opinion has. You know, I can't just like ice cream. I need Dan to like ice cream with me too. And if he doesn't like ice cream, then he's against me, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and really what it comes down to is humility on our, on our part. if we acknowledge that, how do we respond to people not liking our opinions or disagreeing with them? You know, are we okay with that? Does it hurt our feelings when they don't agree with us? Because we should be able to, as we're having this one-on-one loving neighborly conversation you guys are having. If someone has formed their opinions, which bring it back to the beginning, if they have their own convictions about something and it's not the same as ours, are we okay with that? Do we have a humble response to that? Can we respond to that with gentleness and patience, you know, or do we get mad? And I think for many of us, whether we like it or not, our initial quick response is frustration and anger or whatever it is. Like I could, as lovingly as I wanted to say and have good reasons for it, Dan, I don't like the Packers, you know, and it doesn't matter what I say about it. Dan would be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. He doesn't like the Packers, you know, and we all have our stuff like that. that, that that's where we are. And I think so much of it is because of cultural and worldly influences. And again, at the end of the day, I think it's just about humility. It's about, are we being self-centered or are we being others centered? And I think that really ties into just the, our, our, our motivation of love behind all those conversations, like you were saying, Nate.
2: Uh, what and, Sean, if you don't like the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> it's just because you don't know the Green Bay Packers. Uh,
1: to know them is to love them, apparently. Yeah, that's what I'm trying uh, to say. You know, the, Charlie gave in, in the message he gives this um, this kind of catechism from uh, verse 6 of chapter 8. And just thinking about what you're saying, Sean, you know, the gospel, among other things, is a new, new view of reality. It's a totally transformed view of reality. Kind of like... If you are, if you think you're playing basketball and then you're really playing soccer, once you know that you're playing soccer, the game to- totally the game totally changes, right? That's awesome. And, and so that's that's again this um, things that you can't do. I I can't. Uh, I'm not supposed to kick the ball in basketball. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm playing soccer. I can do that now. So there's a freedom from th- that knowledge gives you in in doing that, right? That's good. And so there's a way in which so we have to be informed by this new picture of reality. And at the heart of it is a father. And son, and that's what Charlie and I guess Paul <laughs> bring to the forefront. You know, he says that that we're God, God the Father. There's one God the Father, and one Lord Jesus. And he kind of walks through how the Father's the creator of life, Jesus is the source of life. The Father, we exist for relationship with the Father, mm. and and we exist th- um, in Christ or through Christ as sons, and so. Those that that's truth. Those are, but those are not propositions. That's a reality of of people that we are now in a in a new life with through the Spirit, and so um, that has that picture has to inform everything. So, like uh, you know, you Sean, you brought up the fact that um, we live in a time where everybody's opinions have to be honored as fact, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even conflicting ones about reality. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, hey, you get to form your own opinions and I will rubber stamp it. He says, no, I'm, I welcome you into real life. And so because of that, you have to conform your 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 view, just like stop playing basketball, start transform. playing soccer, yeah, yeah. right? Or football, whatever. Dan likes the Packers. So we'll, we'll go hey, football.
2: Hey, sh- <laughs> hey, shout out to you for a really good sports. Interview. I mean, that's, <laughs> I try. I'm, I really, I'm I really
1: try. He's umpire, you know, his baseball. Well, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed.
2: Yeah, well, and, and it's, as Charlie was going through that, and, and really just he he landed on that verse six concept, and and he read that that really great quote just about this reality that God wants to know us, and and what kind of a God is he? He's a God who sends His Son, mm-hmm. you know, so so that that could be possible for us. Um, <clears throat> I was just thinking about uh, the message that the sermon that Paul preached at the Areopagus in Acts seventeen, and. He there's just some really cool, um, I just love the way he talks to these, these Gentiles, these, these paganistic kind of, you know, worshipers about the one true God. And I just think it's really fitting for what we're talking about. So in verse 24, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And so he's pointing to this, like, like verse six, that there's this creator, God, he's the author of life. And, and then it's really interesting because he, he, he starts to talk about, okay, well, well, us as his creations, he's given us some boundaries, right? He said that, um, he's determined you, you're going to live at this time period. You, you're going to be in this bound. There's going to be a boundary of your dwelling place, and 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 then he goes on and says basically, what's the point of that? The point of that in verse 27 is that we would seek God and feel our way toward Him, and then he says, and actually we we realize in that process of knowing God that He's not that He's not far off at all. In fact, in Him we live and move and have our being for we are indeed his offspring. And so I I love just this verse 6 and I've been I've been working on memorizing it this week because it just makes everything so singular and simple and focused mm-hmm. for us that hey there's this father and he love and there's a son and he love and they love each other. There's perfect union and fellowship through through the spirit of God that is facilitating their 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 fellowship. And guess what? this Trinitarian God has invited us as his children into that fellowship. And that's what life is about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like the Westminster catechism, right? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And man, what if we just, what if we really just lived like that's all life was about (laughs) and everything else was just kind of secondary. It just kind of flowed from that. I think that would change that, that would, that would transform the game we're playing. And, and, and I think, you know, the world would see it in, in a really powerful way.
1: I, I like that. That's that seven, act 17, that you just mentioned, because think about what Paul does. He presents this picture of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says now, I mean, here's the implication of that. If you believe that, right, if you take that truth into your mind, what's your, now your new conviction about all these other statues that are surrounding you? Yeah. Right. This is I'm I'm pointing to the one unnamed God here. Right. I, I see all these other statues. Now, if you re- receive the fact that there's one God who made everything, and he he's calling you to himself, and he's forgiving you, and 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 he's he's set up a day of judgment where the and he's raised someone from the dead to show you that he's taking this seriously. Um, what's your what are your new convictions about mm-hmm. these other gods? And you have to say, oh, well, if there's only one God who made everything. I don't need to deal with these I've got a freedom from them my yeah. new conviction is I need to follow this one so it's not a free for all great
2: deal on some meat yeah
1: it's not it's not a free for all you get to do whatever you want right right but the new your new convictions are form, informed by this new real picture of reality which is what a conviction is right you're assembling data you know uh, evidence to give you a new picture of what's what That's you awesome. can what you can act on sounds delicious <sighs> Oh, boy. I can't wait
2: to buy some bargain meat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I lost him at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, mm, barbecue.
0: like, uh, barbecue. I think I'm going to get a Philly cheesesteak That'll be our oh, that p- podcast title. <laughs> bargain meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're in a good place to wrap up um, and, and start winding down here. But, yeah, I love that, that passage you read, Dana, and just the the heart behind it. Paul's heart of just, man, there's one God Get to the point, people, you know? Yep. Reminds me of Ephesians 4, actually, you know, talking about just what our purpose is as the church. You know, are we operating like that, that we're a body and we're working in our various ways so we can build ourselves up and build each other up, which, you know, the mechanism to do that, go back to the beginning of Ephesians 4, you know, there of Paul, man, I, a prisoner for the Lord, just walk in a manner worthy of your calling, right? With humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love for what? Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Man, even just reading that, like my conscience is like, ding, ding, ding. How can you have these stupid debates and arguments over non-essential things? Cause then what does Paul say after that? There's one body and one spirit, one Lord, mm. one faith, one baptism, one God, and one father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And then Man, and this is why you're my brother, Nathan. You're my brother, Dan. But grace was given to each and every one of us according to the measure of Jesus Christ's gift. Mm. Like, man, let that be enough, right?
1: Mm. It's good. You know what we've just done? We we've, we've done a love and liberty group.
2: Wow. wow. Yeah, Plug. I was thinking because my yeah my my groups tonight too, and I was I was just I've been I was telling them, hey. You're you're doing like a like a like a mini decentralized version of the Behold podcast. Uh and you know what's kind of funny too is I figured this out. So cause we always look at the message notes on Wednesday morning when we're taping this podcast. But then at some point during Wednesday, I don't know, in the afternoon, the the link that has the message notes clicks over to the next week's message notes. And so I found that I was like, hey, everybody, like in my Life and Liberty Group, I was like, hey, go on the website and get the notes. Okay. And then it was like Really confusing because it was the next week's notes. So isn't that weird that it, it just magically happens? We have little internet uh, website elves here at VBC that just magically do all that stuff for us. It's pretty amazing. I
0: wish it would magically just happen and didn't require <laughs> manual laborious work on the parts of many. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hey,
2: maybe in the future the robots will do it. Maybe or the aliens. Maybe the aliens. artificial intelligence. Yeah. Wow. We digress. We should wrap. We should. Learn <laughs>
0: We should really call those groups Behold Live edition.
2: Ooh, I like those. I like those.
0: Hey, shout out to you if you're still listening, by the way. If you're still, if you're hanging in there till
2: the end, shout out to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got nothing else to say. Go, if you're, if this is hidden home with you, you know, this is resonating with you. If you feel convicted, maybe that you've participated in some more worldly discussions of opinion and conscience versus biblically based and Christ centered ones, just do some prayer, you know, pray for the Lord and the Holy Spirit to reveal your heart. And at the end of the day, like Nathan reminded us, are you engaged with and, and in awe of and walking life alongside of our father in heaven, who loved us so much that he would send his son to die for us? You know, cause if you're not all this stuff, all this of stuff is going to be impossible. You know, you have to be dealing life with God and with Jesus, and man, let the rest be an outpouring of that relationship. Amen. Okay, now get out of here. <laughs> Bye! Love you guys. Tune in next week again. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.